Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. My name is Jared, folks, and I am the lead pastor here at Encounter Church. We are finishing off a series today called Praying with Confidence. It's based on a book by Pastor Jeff Leake at Allison Park Church, which is our parent church in uh, Allison Park, up just a little in the North Hills. And we've been following through the entire month with uh, this, uh, this book series or book that he wrote that's talking about how we can learn to pray with confidence. And we've talked about a variety of different concepts. Praying is really more about agreeing with God than it is about getting God to do the things that he maybe doesn't want to do or trying to pull on his chain or whatever. So today we're going to kind of wrap up that series um, with talking about praying with accuracy. I grew up in the city, okay? So uh, I was born in Elwood City, which is actually not the city at all. But most of my life I spent in the Baltimore, Washington area. And then I've been in urban spaces the rest of the time. I've been living here for about six years in the city environment. So needless to say, only in the last several years have I really been exposed to the concept of hunting or hunters in general. I know that in Western Pennsylvania, the idea of hunting is something that is um, very f- popular and, and is, is something that people are very familiar with. In fact, I, I believe it still happens that the first day of buck season, I think, people get out of school or doe season, one of them. I'm not even always sure what the difference is, to be honest. So needless to say, I don't really know a lot about guns or weapons or those types of things, but I do know a couple things that, uh, about them. And one is that I know that there is a difference between a shotgun and a sniper rifle. Now, that seems pretty obvious, but a shotgun is, is a weapon that when you fire it, uh, there is a shell that has a bunch of little tiny pellets in it that when it fires outside of the rifle, it spreads out, right? This is kind of common knowledge. You know that a shotgun uh, is fired openly. It's used to hunt maybe birds or hard-to-track animals, so I've been told at least, okay? I have I've fired one once in the backyard and don't believe I hit the target that I was shooting for. Now, on the flip side, their uh, sniper rifle is designed to be able to hit uh, a very precise target over a long distance, right? So it seems that we have two opposite ideas of, of, of weapons. Now, did you know that army sharpshooters are trained to be able to hit an eight-inch target from a mile away? That's amazing to me that, 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 that someone, first of all, could have the accuracy to be able to shoot something that's a mile away, let alone something that small. I mean, a shotgun certainly couldn't do it. If you go just a little bit farther, maybe even 50 feet or 100 feet perhaps, you're gonna, the spread is not going to allow you to be able to hit something with accuracy. But sharpshooters are trained with sniper rifles to be able to hit something at great distances. In fact, the record is actually that same target for a mile and a half. Could you imagine being a mile and a half away from an eight-inch target and be able to hit it on the bullseye? That's incredible to me. Now, one of the ways that they are able to do that is they have what's a spotter. So we've seen sometimes in movies where uh, maybe even in American Sniper or other types of movies and war movies where you have um, you know, snipers and, and they're usually undercover, there is usually an, individ- an individual who is with them who is a spotter. And the spotter's job is to help the, the actual shooter aim within the elements. So he understands the, the elements that the bullet's going to fly through. So wind, um, different, the distance. And, and so that helps the person who's shooting the gun to be able to aim his scope properly and to be able to d- dial into it. 
Now, why are we talking about guns at church particularly? And it's not because we're in a particular election cycle where that's a big issue. What we are talking about here is prayer, right? In the last few weeks, we've been talking about various analogies. Last week, we talked about a vending machine and how oftentimes we feel like when we put the money in and we pray and we push the button that sometimes our prayers get hung up on this, the wires of heaven and, and we have to shake it a little bit, right? That's, that's a p- poor example. That's not how prayer works. Well, oftentimes, I think we pray as if we're shooting a shotgun. I think we, we feel like, God, if I'm, I just pray generally, I'm putting my prayers out into this open space and, and hoping that I hit something. I'm not so much aiming for a specific target, and even if I am, I'm praying so generally, I don't necessarily know how my prayer is going to interact with the elements, uh, so to speak, around me. So we feel like we're not sure if we're ever going to get the things that we pray for. I think that's how we pray. But the Bible paints a different picture of what prayer is supposed to be like. The Bible paints a picture that there is the one who is called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's job is to act like a spotter to us so that we can pray with accuracy so that we can can reach the targets that we have that God has for us. Now, if you're thinking, okay, he's going to talk about the Holy Spirit today, and that's going to sound really weird because anytime I've ever heard the word Holy Spirit in my life, I hear about people shaking from, you know, from the chandeliers and rolling around on floors. That is not at all what we're talking about here. But the Bible is very clear about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today and how there is great comfort that comes to us and how we don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit when it comes to prayer, that God has sent us someone who can be a friend and who helps us in times, and we're not even sure what to pray for. So in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 to 15, this is very familiar. This is the first verse that we talked about this entire month. It says this, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him, so that we now know that the target that we're trying to hit in prayer is the will of God. This is, very, this is week one. We want to pray the will of God because it's not about trying to get God to do the things he doesn't want to do. Prayer is actually more about agreeing with what God already wants to do in our lives. So how do we know what the will of God is? Well, God's will is contained in the word of God. So as we read God's word, the promises that are found in the Bible, the promises of God are the expressed desire of what God wants to do in our lives and the lives of those around us. So 2 Corinthians 1.20 recaps and says, For no matter how many promises there are that God has made, they are yes in Christ. You guys remember that check analogy that we had? When, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he ratified and signed the check of God's promises for all believers. Okay, And what it says is, and it continues, is, And so through him, the amen, or the yes, is spoken by us, believers, to the glory of God. So we sign that check and we say, yes, God, I believe that your promises are for me through Jesus Christ. So now, no matter how many promises that God has made, they are for us, right? So we know that, that all things that God has promised, if we agree with him, if we ask according to his will, it will be given to us, all right? So the target is God's will. All of scripture has been written for us. But then Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So God doesn't cause everything to happen, but he will take everything that happens. The Bible tells us in this scripture that he takes everything that happens and then he will rework it so that the good outcome will come for us. Not so much good as in prosperous or beneficial all the time in the sense of that I'm going to be in a comfortable life, but that it says that at all times, 
For those of us who are called according to his purpose, for those of us who are aligned with God's heart, he is always working on your behalf and my behalf so that the best possible outcome according to what he is trying to accomplish in your life will take place. That means that God has good intentions for you and for me. That means he wants good things for each one of us. And just before this verse, just before Romans 8, 28, there are a few verses on prayer that actually show us how God does good things for us in prayer. And so we pray the will of God by praying scripture, by praying his promises. But there's another way for us to pray and to know the will of God. And this is what the Bible calls praying in the spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, before, again, you're going to be like, okay, I'm not sure where he's going with this. If you read the New Testament, you will see over and over and over again where it says pray in the Spirit. Pray always in the Spirit. Pray continually in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit fervently. The words, this concept, this phrase of pray in the Spirit is something that is found all throughout the New Testament, but I think is so misunderstood in church. And so we're going to take some time today to talk about that because the Bible paints a picture that the Holy Spirit, when we pray in the Spirit, when it's not just me going to Psalm 23 and praying that promise, that, 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 that that's accurate. But now I'm saying I can now pray with accuracy about the will of God, what he wants, even the times where I'm not sure what to pray for because the Holy Spirit is there as a spotter helping me. And we're going to learn about this. Romans 8, 26 and 27. You guys open your Bibles, your tablets, your smartphones. I encourage you to download the Bible app and download that and read the Bible there. It's a great resource. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. This is where all this comes from. It says this, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. So, so right there off the bat, it's like we don't always know what we should be praying for. Sometimes things are just so hard. We're so weak. We don't feel like we can pray. It says, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So we know that when it comes to prayer, oftentimes we feel weak. Oftentimes we come to him overwhelmed with a problem or a situation that we just don't know how to, how to fix or how to get through it. Oftentimes, that's the place when we pray. If we pray at all, oftentimes it's only in that place of desperation. And so what we have been doing throughout this month is trying to learn about alternative ways of prayer. How does God want us to communicate with him? But here's the deal about, about prayer is that the Holy Spirit is with us and will help us in prayer. This scripture makes it clear that, that he is with us and that when we feel weak, when we feel overwhelmed, that we shouldn't feel ashamed of it, but that instead he is there to help us feel comfort during that time. The Holy Spirit helps aim your prayers. He's like the spotter who helps us hit the mark. The Holy Spirit knows the will of God. That's what that verse just said. And so sometimes when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit connects with our soul and connects with God and creates this link between us and allows us to be able to say things from, our, from deep within that maybe we don't even have words with. So we can use the Bible to pray. We can also use the Holy Spirit to pray God's will. They work together. So here's the big idea that's going to really set the tone for this entire message. If you're taking notes, pull out your program inside of the sermon notes page. Write this down. This is it. When I pray, I am not alone. When I pray, I am not alone. The Holy Spirit is available to pray with and through me to bring God's will down to earth. Because this is what we've been talking about, right? 
all throughout the month, we've been talking about we can pray with confidence because of that, for, that chapter in 1 John 5 that says, and this is the confidence that we have, that when we go to God, we can ask anything of him according to his will, and we know that if we ask, it will be given to us. The key here is that we pray to bring heaven to earth. That's what Jesus said, right? Jesus said to his disciples, he said, teach me how to pray. And Jesus said, pray, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The whole goal of prayer is to say, there are things that are messed up all around me in my own life, the problems that I'm dealing with, the struggles that I have, the insecurities that I feel, the addictions that I suffer from, the broken relationships that I have in my life. All of these things on earth are not the way that you designed them to be. They just don't feel right. But heaven is the way it's supposed to be. So when we are praying, we're trying to tap into God's power to bring that reality into our circumstances here. So when I pray, I am not alone. The Holy Spirit is available to pray with and through me to bring God's will down to earth. So who the heck is the Holy Spirit? Like, who are we talking about? Because like I said earlier, I think some of us, when we hear the word Holy Spirit, we think there's going to be some guy over here and speaking in some weird language, and there's going to be people jumping in and doing the weird white guy Pentecostal dance, if you've ever seen them do that. Or maybe, I'm not trying to call people out, some of those televangelists that are like waving their coats around and like almost punching people in the face. Like, this is not what we're talking about when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And listen, I come from a charismatic background. I am not ashamed of a Pentecostal and being baptized in the Holy Spirit because I know the power that comes from having the Holy Spirit vibrantly living in my life. But what we're talking about here is something that all Christians have from what the Bible says. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Bible just says that the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is in heaven. Jesus has ascended to the throne and is there with the Father. The Holy Spirit has been sent. Remember, what did Jesus say to his disciples? I am leaving, but I am sending another. I'm sending a counselor. I'm sending a comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. The New Testament all throughout talks about the Holy Spirit and how it comes inside of us. And the Bible tells us that when we believe in Jesus, when we say, Jesus, I believe in your death and your resurrection, I want to follow you. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, which is God, literally the Spirit of Jesus Christ, comes into each believer. So every one of you in this room right now who says, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus. If you are one of those, you're a member of this family of God, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. This is what the Bible tells us. The Spirit of God comes in and it takes us our spiritually dead soul and makes it alive in Christ. This is what we see all throughout Scripture. So the Holy Spirit is your partner and it's a powerful prayer agent. The Holy Spirit has power. The Holy Spirit has knowledge and it has an attitude that we don't have. So when we're not feeling like worshiping, when we're not feeling like prayer, when our circumstances seem like they're insurmountable, the Holy Spirit has the ability inside of us to to connect with us and to say, no, 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 remember who you serve. Remember the God that 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 you profess. I am inside of you and it changes your perspective and your ability. It gives you power and faith beyond your own circumstances. And the Holy Spirit can pray through you to heaven It helps us to pray powerfully and actively and accurately. And for some of us, I understand that this concept sounds 
weird. It sounds like almost intimidating, this idea of tapping into this supernatural force. Because when we've talked about praying the Bible, I can pray Romans 8, 28. I can pray Psalm 23. They're on the page. The words of the scripture are just there. It's easy for me to repeat them and to put some kind of faith or belief in them. But there are times in our life where we need more than just a set of facts, you know? There are times in our life when we need more than a piece of paper. There are times, have any of you, and this is, I'm not trying to say this in a sacrilegious sort of way, but have you ever felt like when you read a scripture that sometimes it felt like that the words on the page just weren't enough? Have you ever felt that? Like maybe you were going something through something so difficult or so frustrating, or perhaps you were in a place of doubt in that moment that when you read a scripture or a pastor or another Christian or somebody said, check this scripture out, maybe it'll encourage you, and it maybe didn't encourage you for whatever reason. Maybe you weren't in that place. Have you ever felt that way? You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. I have been there. But here's the deal is that the power of the Holy Spirit, what God's word teaches us and says that that when we become a follower of Jesus, that his spirit lives inside of us, that the times when my brain just cannot connect, it just cannot connect to the words that are on the page for whatever reason, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is there to connect with us on the deepest of levels and allows us to retain that connection with God and to be able to communicate to him things that we just cannot possibly speak in words. So I just, just come with us on this journey today as we learn about this. And when you pray those objective truths in scripture, it's wonderful. And things are released because we're agreeing with what God wants. But there are times when we just don't know what to say, times when we don't know what to pray. And the Bible tells us, and we're going to see in just a moment, that the Holy Spirit is with us so that in those moments that we can pray and it will help us guide our prayers like guided missiles will allow us to pray powerfully. And sometimes it gives us the strength that we need when we just can't get it from anywhere else. So I thought we would spend just the remainder of our time talking about how we can partner with the Holy Spirit in prayer. And my, again, guys, like I understand that perhaps for some of you, this may be uh, a challenging to hear, or maybe it's a little bit of intimidating. I just encourage you This is all from God's word. Every single piece, you will see there is scripture for all of it, okay? So just come with us on this journey because I believe it can change your life. I believe it can change the way that you think about who God is. And it will, I believe it will encourage you in your life. So a couple ways that we can partner with the Holy Spirit to pray. The first one is this. I share grief about the condition of the world and, and the Holy Spirit shares mine. Now that sounds weird, right? To just start with this concept of pain or grief. But grief starts with recognizing that there is just something's not right, okay? The whole reason that we pray to God most of the time is, like I said earlier, is because oftentimes we feel as if something's not right. There's a problem. There's a desperation that we have in front of us. But when we pray and we partner with the Holy Spirit, what happens is, is that what the Holy Spirit allows us to be able to experience what God sees as the world. You think that you don't like the the problems you have with your relationships. You see the homeless man on the side of the street, or you you view the news and you see the war-torn countries and the Syrian uh, refugee crisis, and you think that, that that hurts you and it frustrates you. But when you tap into the Holy Spirit in prayer, when you allow your soul to connect with the Spirit of God, it allows us to really feel what God feels for these situations. And I tell you, every time that it's happened to me, and I promise you when you do it yourself, you will see that God cares more deeply about everyone else than we ever could. 
So one of the ways that we partner with the Holy Spirit in prayer is it allows us to have this pipeline to where I can begin to align my thoughts with what God's thoughts are about people. If you feel like you have malice in your heart or you have judgment, maybe racism or maybe prejudice or stereotypes, when you connect with God in an honest place, I promise you that that will begin to erode away because God cares for all people. God created everyone, people who look differently than you, people who live different lifestyles than you do, people who have different socioeconomic statuses than you do. Every person from every country, whether they're from different religions, they are a child who has been created by God and they are lost without him. And when he sees those people, no matter what they have done, he sees them from a place of a father who weeps because their children are hurting. And so when we connect with him, in this space, and we allow the Holy Spirit to create that channel, we have no choice but to begin to see how he feels, and it helps us to see people the way that he does. But the beauty of it is that the other side is also true, is that there are times when we just don't have the words. And when I look and I'm weeping over the fact that my marriage is struggling, it's not really, but if it were, and I were in that space and I, I just can't seem to connect with my wife, maybe someone in the room feels this way, or your husband, you're struggling to communicate and your marriage is struggling, or perhaps you see one of your kids are, are going through something just difficult and you don't know how to help them, and there is grief inside of you that you don't know how to express the beauty of this, this channel that the Holy Spirit creates is it, it takes that emotion and he understands it. He says, I'm here for you. I will give you a comfort and a peace that is not available anywhere else. The Bible talks about a peace that passes the mind's understanding. What that means is I look at this situation and there is no possible way that I should feel peaceful in the middle of this horrible storm, but that's what the Holy Spirit allows for us. When we connect with that, no matter what's happening, we can share our grief with God. Say, God, this is breaking my heart. The beauty of it is that he takes it and he says, I hear you. I'm with you. I can help you. And you can share that with him. We see the grief about the condition of the world, but he shares ours as well. Romans 8, 22 and 23 says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. What this is talking about is just saying that like all of creation, ourselves included, even if they don't know it yet, it's just, it's just aching in anticipation of God setting things right again. You know, like, like even people who don't know Jesus, people who don't acknowledge God exists in any case, they, they understand that this just doesn't feel right, you know? That our world is, is just not the way it should be. Scripture is teaching us and telling us that, that the Holy Spirit understands that. So we ache inside internally, but he can experience that with us and help us through it. The second way that we partnership, and I love this, is I express the Holy Spirit's groans to God, but he carries mine. The New Testament word for the word groan is actually sighing out loud. Have you ever been in so much pain that all you can do is just cry out. You know, like, I'm not saying like with expletives, like, mother, you know, like one of those kind of, kind of like you stub your toe and you just want to yell at somebody. But there have been times where I've been so sick. Maybe I had the flu, you know, and you're just laying in bed and all you can do is just go, oh, oh my God, oh. Like, you know that feeling, maybe food poisoning, I don't know, whatever it might be. That's the concept of the groans, right? This idea that, that, that there's just sometimes there are no words. 
Sometimes I can't speak. There are no words to share how I feel about the emotions that are going on inside of me or the pain that I'm experiencing. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit is that, is that the Bible says that in those moments, that the Holy Spirit connects into our deepest parts of our soul. That when we can't come up with words, that he connects and shares them and carries them to heaven for us. That I can't express how I feel, but he shares that. He understands that, that sigh of, God, please just do something, right? And that's a beautiful picture that we get from Scripture is that he cares and he loves us so much that he can understand. The Bible says that he understands it, right? Verses 26 and 27 says he helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit prays for us with those aches and those groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. So it's not like it's, it's not like that when we don't have the words to say that he doesn't know what we're feeling. We don't have to have the words. Sometimes the most powerful prayers that we could ever pray are the ones that are of the deepest emotion where we just say, God, I don't know what to say, but take my emotion. Let me be honest with you, be raw with you. And I think that's the hardest part for us sometimes because we're taught, and depending on the upbringing that you come from, you're taught that God is to be honored that God is to be revered, and he is. He is a king. He is sitting on the throne. But the Bible also paints this beautiful picture of a God. He says, he says so we can come to him and call him Abba, Father. Abba is the word for daddy. It's like a kid running up like my son when I walk in the door sometimes, and I walk in the door after work, and he goes, Daddy, and he runs up and he hugs me. That's the picture that we get of our Father in heaven. So there's, there's this idea that, that I know as a father, well, my son, like last night, my son had 104 fever and he's laying on the couch sitting there next to me. And sometimes he's just staring off into nowhere. I'm like, wow, my son, if you ever see my son, Lincoln, just being like, like a bump on a log, you know, something's wrong. And I see him and my heart is broken because he's just radiating heat and he's, he's not feeling well. And I, I just, I want to do anything for him. And if he just cried out and said, dad, and he said, you know, he said to me yesterday, he said, dad, I could my throat hurts. I said, can I get something for you? What can I do for you? He said, can I have some hot tea? What do I do? I want to run downstairs. I want to get that tea for him. This is the picture that we get of our, of, of our father, the Holy Spirit speaking for us on our behalf. You're weeping. You're in pain. You're struggling. You're confused. You don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit, it takes that inward groan, that sigh, and it carries it to heaven where our father who loves us so dearly listens and hears. It's beautiful. The battle in the mind is important, guys. I understand reading God's word, praying God's word, knowing scripture, knowing truth from theological doctrines, it's important, but we have got to move from our heads to our hearts and have an agreement in the spirit. It's, inv- it's vulnerable and it is intense, but I promise you, you will never have a deeper connection with the God who loves you and who created you and will do things on your behalf if you tried. I challenge you when you're in private, cry out to God and carry your burdens to heaven. It doesn't always have to be in this deep pain. Sometimes it's the emotion of elation and wonder. You know, like just allow yourself to go beyond the head in your faith and allow God to connect in your deepest places. The third uh, way that we can partner with the Holy Spirit in prayer is I give voice to his prayers and he reorients mine. Partnering in prayer is about agreeing with God about what he already wants to do. So when we pray, 
we should also wait on God and ask them, ask him if there is something that he wants to do in our lives that maybe we weren't aware of. Instead of just bringing our own thoughts to, to prayer, oftentimes that's what we do. We bring like a list, right? We think about a list of things. But instead, sometimes we need to just take a moment and say, God, is there anything that you want to tell me? Sometimes there are, there are blind spots in my life. When you're driving a car, oftentimes before you change lanes, at least hopefully you are, you look not just in your rearview mirror, but you actually turn your head to the side to see because there's a blind spot there, right? The same thing should happen in our prayer life. Sometimes there may be things happening in my life, maybe in my own attitudes, perhaps the way I'm talking to my wife or my family, or maybe there's just something about the habits that are going on that have slipped into my life that I'm not aware of. But if I stop and I say, God, what is it that you want to say to me? Are there things that maybe I'm missing? Are there things that you want to do that I'm not aware of? And I do that for our church. God, what do you want to do this year? What do you want to do in Lawrenceville and in Pittsburgh? How do you want to encounter church to, to transform this community? What do you want to say to the people in this church who are coming to hear from you? What do you want to say? And I stop and I pause and I listen and I try to allow the voice of God to speak into me. And then that gives me things to pray about. When we hear God's desire, when we pray in obedience to God's desire, we begin to activate his will on earth and then things begin to happen. If you feel like when you're praying that you're praying for things and they're not happening, perhaps you're not praying with what God wants in your life. And that might be a hard thing to hear because you're saying, but how could God not want for me to have this thing? And I don't know because I'm not God. But I know that if I stop and I listen and I say, God, what do you want to do in my life? What's your plan for my family? What's your plan for my career? Hello, maybe somebody in the room needs to hear that today. I don't know. What is your plan for my career? What's your plan for where I live or where I'm going to move? What's your, what, what do you want to say to me? And we stop and we listen. We then begin to hear God's word speaking through the Holy Spirit. It impresses on our heart. There will be a clarity at times. And I think this is scary for a lot of us because we're like, I can pray for things that I want God to do for me, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to give him permission to tell me where to live, what kind of a job to have, you know, who to date, who to not date how I should live my life, the habits that I'm involved in, what places I visit, whatever, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's allowing God permission into our life that I don't know that many of us maybe say we're ready for, but this is, this is the thing. You can't have the depth of relationship with God. You can't have a, a, a richness of, of knowing that you are never alone, right? Our big idea said that I am never alone when I pray, you can't have that sense that the Holy Spirit is there carrying our deepest emotions if you have a wall there. If you don't ever allow the Holy Spirit into your innermost being, you also sacrifice the ability to really connect with God and have that personal deep relationship. You have to do both. The Holy Spirit is inside of us, and He wants to partner with us in every day to make a difference in the lives of those around us in our own lives. So, we won't know the answer to our problems. For some of us, we think about what's going on in our life with our kids or with our wife, and you don't have the answer. And sometimes you've been to counseling and you've taken your kids to guidance counselors or whatever the situation is. You don't know how to get your bills on track, right? Sometimes you just don't have an answer. But the Holy Spirit will always be able to give us that answer if we just listen. So that's what it means by he will give us the voice. 
He reorients our, pray, our prayers when we listen to him. And finally, verse 4. I gain strength, not verse 4, I'm sorry, point 4. I gain strength when I pray this way, and he gains control over me. There's another benefit to praying in the Holy Spirit, and that is, as I pray in the Spirit, God gets more of me, and I get more of him. So when we see those verses that we were kind of, I was alluding to earlier, Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Jude one twenty. but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. When you express yourself to God, when you get into that place where it's more than just reciting the Lord's Prayer, when you get to the place of where you, where you say, God, I, I'm giving you everything. We had a worship night the other night on Tuesday night, and it was a powerful time of when we didn't come with an agenda. There was no message. We didn't get up and preach. It was literally just a time to sing the praises of God and to allow God to speak to us, to experience who he is. When we do that, when we get into places like that, when we get into our, our bedrooms and there's no one else around and we close the door and we pull out our Bibles and we read a little bit and we meditate on it and we pray and we say, God, what do you want to say to me? When you get into those places where you just lay on your bed and you just say, God, this thing that's going on in my life, I don't know what to do. When you're afraid, when you're terrified, when you're not sure how to move forward, you don't think there's any way for you to be able to move past any of the obstacles in your life. When you become open and honest, God will reveal things to you about your life. He will give you the next step to move forward. But the beauty is, is that he also wants to change us and help us become new. There's a strength that comes from that. When we sing songs that God is on the throne, it helps us change our perspective. When we recognize that God is on the throne, he's higher than the mountains that I face, it helps me to see that my problems really aren't as big. But the other thing that it does is I get closer to God. The proximity, as the closer I get to him, he begins to rub off on me. My attitudes begin to change. My heart begins to change. I begin wanting to act differently. I begin wanting to treat other people differently. And when I read his word, the words on the page seem to have a glow about them. They change their meaning for me. If you have ever felt like in your life that you read the Bible and you felt like it didn't seem to apply or it was boring to you, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit in your life, when you have a close proximity to God, next time you read those scriptures, it changes there's somehow something happens and it becomes activated in your life. When you read the passage of Scripture you've seen a hundred times, it takes new meaning because you are now close to the God who created those words. So as we grow closer to Him, as we partner with the Holy Spirit in prayer, something happens inside of us. We grow closer to Him. We get more of God and more of His power in our lives, more encouragement. We see His prayer, our prayers begin to take effect and His will come to earth. We begin to see things happening in our life. But at the same time, we become different. More of God comes into our life and we begin to interact with people. It's a partnership. It's always been a partnership. It's never been about God doing what we want him to do. It's always been about, I want God saying, God is always saying, I want you to know me. And the more you know me, the more you will see me active in your life. And the more active I am in your life, you will see me work in your circumstances. You'll see me begin to change the way that you think about things. And the more you think about things differently, the more you act like me. And the more you act like me, the more my power can move in your circumstance. Do you see how it works together? We have to begin 
in this place of saying, God, how can I pray accurately? Accurate prayers is all about knowing God. When we know him deeply, we will know what his will is for our lives, either through his word or through the Holy Spirit revealing things to us. I encourage you to try it. It's not like it's, uh, it's rocket science. It's literally the opposite of that. It's, it's engaging in a realm that our culture just does not teach us. It's engaging in a place of saying, okay, God, like, I'm not sure how to, how to do this, but I'm just going to be honest. It just starts in a place of vulnerability. You've got to say, God, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say, but I believe that you want to hear what I feel, what I, what I think. So here I am. And then at some point, just taking some time to just listen and say, God, would you, would you say something to me? Teach me something that, I don't, that maybe I don't see. Help me to see that I'm, my, my blindness is on maybe in, in, on some of my circumstances. Or if you need an answer to something, God, I don't know what to do in this situation. Would you please just help me? You know, like just get to that place of honesty. There's absolutely nothing wrong with, with going to him in a place of honor. There's nothing wrong with going to him and, and having a, a, a tradition or even a liturgy to your, to your prayer life or the way that you want to interact with God. But there is something beautiful that happens when we allow the supernatural, when we allow the spirit of God to interact with how we talk to him. I think sometimes that's our problem is that, is that we believe that God exists. We, we, we say he's there. We believe what Jesus did, that his that belief in his death and his resurrection covers our sin. We believe in that. But then when it comes to the idea of interacting in that not natural place, that's where we go, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Where's the scientific evidence of that stuff? And it doesn't make any sense. Because if you can't prove scientifically that God exists or that any of these things happen, and our faith is only going to go to the place of where it's in our head and it's never going to become reality. At some point, we have to take a leap of faith and say, I, I believe all of this and I believe that it can impact me. It can impact my heart. It can change the way that I live. And so the next time you go into your prayer life, I encourage you to not just do it as like a passing, like I'm praying over my food or even on the way to work, and it could be, but take, just take some time this week to close the door to your bedroom or somewhere private. Maybe put on some worship music and just stop and just say, Holy Spirit, I believe you are inside of me. Your word says it. It's right there. I believe it. Here's what's going on in my life. What do you think about it? And just listen for a little while. I think it changes the way that you think, and it'll change the way I promise you he will speak to you may not be in words, like a clear word. It might not be like uh, an image. It could just be an impression. Or it could be what he's best at, which is a comfort. Perhaps you're in pain or you're going through something and perhaps that peace that passes, the mind's understanding will come to you because that's what he promises to do. We can pray with accuracy because the Holy Spirit will guide us and help us to know what to pray for. Just stand and pray with me. As I was writing the message this week, I thought, how do we want to end the service? And I, I thought of three things, kind of very specific prayer responses. And we're going to kind of close with this today. Would you close your eyes? 
Maybe you're going through something right now where you need a breakthrough in your life. Something you just can't see past this thing in your life. God wants to help you with that. So what I want you to do is, if that's you, I want you to pray from deep within your soul. I want you to tap into that place. I want you to feel the emotion. Like even now, picture in your mind the thing that is that obstacle, that thing that's causing you that fear, that breakthrough that you need. I want you to get to that place emotionally. And now I want you to just cry out. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. It's in your own words. Allow that, that sigh, that groan. Holy Spirit, help me. Do something. Carry my burden to heaven. I don't have the strength. I don't know what to do. Just cry out to God in that place, right? Whatever it is for you, that mountain, that thing that you need, just cry out and say, Holy Spirit, help me. I want you to release that to him. I want you to cry out to him. God, I don't know what to do. This situation is, is heartbreaking. It's such a heavy burden and I don't have words. Just help, help, Holy Spirit, help. And what's happening right now as you do that is God, the Holy Spirit is carrying that, that emotion. He's carrying that cry like on a, on a super highway straight to heaven, to God's heart. And it activates his heart for you and he's doing something. He's beginning because what does it say? That God is taking all things and he'll make them out for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's you. He is going to take this situation, whatever it is, and he will transform it somehow for your good. That's his promise. Amen. The second one is maybe if if there's somebody in here who wants freedom from their past. Perhaps there's somebody who who feels held down by their by their by their past, the things that have held them back, their habits, maybe thoughts, perhaps mistakes that you've made, things that seem to haunt you and you feel like you can just never get free of it. That it's always lingering, there's a cloud that hovers over you. If that's you today, this is what I want you to do. If you want to move forward as a new creation, the Bible tells us that when we follow Jesus, we are a new creation in Christ. We're not the same person anymore. And I want you to pray this. Holy Spirit, transform me from the inside out. Rewrite my desires and my habits and make me like you. As I was thinking this week, I was thinking of like, and this is just how my brain works. It's like a computer like a computer program. Sometimes your computer gets viruses and sometimes it gets corrupted and and the code gets overwritten. And what we're asking God to do in this moment is we're saying, I've got this junk in my life and I need you to rewrite the code of my life. I need you to rewrite my DNA. Like make me that new creation, a fresh, clean creation. And that's what you're saying right now. You're saying, I believe, Holy Spirit, that you have the power to transform me. So transform me from the inside out and rewrite my thoughts and rewrite my habits so that I will be new and fresh and clean because of what Jesus Christ has done. Amen. Praise you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And finally today, if you want God's life and his power to flow inside of you and overflow into your everyday life, because that's really what the last point was about, For some of you, you're in a place where you're like, I'm pretty good. I know I'm a new creation. I've been a Christian for a while. My life is is pretty good. But I I want to be used by God in a powerful way. I want his spirit to flow inside of me. I want it to bubble up like a like a can of soda. When you shake it up, the carbonation, if you open it, it'll spill everywhere. That's what you want in your life. 
If you want to see God move in your life in ways that are powerful, you want to see things happen because you pray. You want to see lives change. And this is what I want you to pray. Just in your own spirit, just connect with God and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to operate within my life. I want more than just a stale life. I want a vibrant life. I want your power to overflow. I give you permission to shake me up and to use me how you want so lives will be changed. God, that's what I want. If that's what you want now, just just maybe put your hands out in front of you. Everybody just keep your eyes closed and put your hands in front of you as a sign of surrender. And even as, like if you put your hands in front of you, like someone's gonna hand you something. This is, this is just a symbol of now us being willing to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God, I, I pray now that that's what you would do. I pray that you would, for those of us who are wanting it, God, that you would would pour out your spirit on us in an extra portion, that you would shake us up inside like a bottle of soda and that it would bubble up inside of us so that when we speak, we speak with fire and love and boldness, that when we pray, it would be with passion, it would be with emotion. That, God, that, that we wouldn't just see people and pat them on the shoulder and say we'll pray for them, but that we would drop to our knees and have a hunger for people and that we would love them like you love them. God, would you fill us with words of knowledge so that we can help people know that you see them, that you love them. Would you make our prayers effective? Give us words of knowledge and wisdom and visions and ways to be able to know how to pray and to pray with excitement, God. And now I pray a blessing over this church. That as we move through 2016, God, I pray that that we would become people who would pray, not just a prayer list, but that we would pray with authority in the name of Jesus. I pray that we would pray with accuracy, that we would know what to pray for, and that we would pray powerfully and passionately for it. I pray that this year we would see relationships mended in our families and with our kids. I pray that we would see our kids' grades improve in school. I pray that that we would see financial breakthroughs in our lives, that people who are in debt would get out of debt. I pray for people who who are fearing bankruptcy, that they would find freedom financially. I pray for new jobs. I pray for new houses. I pray for new cars, not for material benefits, but that we would have the things that we need so that we can live a life that you have designed for us. I pray blessing over this church. God, as we have a heart for you, as we put ourselves first as you, Lord, are first in our lives, would you bless us? Would you give us all these things? In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home, or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.